welcome again to the behind the scenes episode with Corin and me. And I just want to say at the start of this that we came up with the name Quadditch long before <laughs> the game was rebranded in some quarters as Quad Ball. Oh, that's right. It's been Quadditch for and years. And I, I did it as Quadditch because quid in Latin, I think, means what and quad, I don't know, means how or something. <laughs> but I wanted to do a different Latin word. How ball. It's, it's kind of the the model for a lot of our parodies is just slight tweaks. So that's that note I thought of. Yes. But this, this <laughs> yes, <laughs> this chapter was mostly Corin's original writing with a few additions by me. So what what can you yeah. think of behind the scenes about it? <laughs> Undulating toward or like a like a young hippo. That was one of your lines that you added. I think although the other fat Hugo lines are mine. You know, it's not his whole character, which is why I'm fine with making so many jokes about it. Because well, we're copying the best with with the hippo things. Because I think one of my favorite ever lines of Rowling's Potter's is is bellowing like a mad hippo when she <laughs> describes Uncle Vernon. Yeah. She has some of the best descriptions for Uncle Vernon. Actually, a man with virtually no neck. <laughs> yes, he's incredible. So yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, you know, Hugo is very much like if Vernon was just an affable young chap going to Hogwarts. <laughs> and uh which will make it all the more fitting when we see the the parsley family whom you may recognize later in action they do get a couple chapters of course they're good friends with the nonsense or the nonsuch i'm, I'm doing it now with the nonsuch clan uh but and and a, and a fan favorite joke will come back uh but yeah this one this is one of the last chapters that I have like, oh, I have two kind of funny joke ideas, so I'll just put them together and that'll be a chapter. Which there are definitely Harry Potter chapters like that, but they are similarly always early in the book. Where she just kind of has a couple random ideas for things that could happen to Harry in the castle. And it it doesn't have like anything much to do with anything. It's just a fun little episode. Uh, there's a lot of classes, class chapters like that especially. And... So, but at the end, they they get into the little Jinji plot, and she's had her first idea for the first task. And I'm actually quite happy with the idea, the plot that they come up with for the first task, and the way that the magic is described. I love the way that Jinji um, operates magically, and the ideas that she has, and the things that she comes up with to, to thwart this try was attorney because it's this ancient contest that by rights she should be in and and she shows how how right she is for it by completely dismantling it at every turn and a, a note of how she can teleport that's our word for apparate she can teleport because she's learned how the domus elves do it they taught her so that is our explanation yeah in the canon they can operate in and out and inside hogwarts and uh uh, so in our Bogwort, it's much the same, and they're just a, an ignored race of sort of magic users that have their own incredibly powerful and very inherent brand of magic. And the interesting thing is that Domus Elves have no squibs. Every single Domus Elf is naturally magical, same as goblins, but they're more magically powerful than goblins, which is why I think that they're enslaved, because they're so dangerous that they couldn't even have the opportunity to have wands. Because even wandless, they can take out a trained wizard like Lucius Malfoy. Right, yes. So, 
So Jinji is very smart to have sought their counsel and basically have had most of her education happen in the kitchens. Yeah. <laughs> Resourceful one is our Jinji. We tried to make her. Well, you know, I just, I like that. I like it. She's basically, she is, because, you know, Harry's like, you know, he's talented, but he's not like the craziest mind of his generation, like they sometimes describe Hermione. And like, you know, McGonagall was, Dumbledore was when they were at school. And so I see Jinji is that. She is that most brilliant magical mind of her generation. <laughs> she doesn't go crowing about it like certain... <laughs> Gryffindor girls might. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, she just quietly went about her acts. Speak time. louder than words. Yeah. I would have. I, I kind of wonder what what life was like for her in 1988, 1989, and 90, and and uh, what that Bork looked like. But <laughs> oh, when she first got <laughs> exactly, and she couldn't oh, speak yeah. any English. That's a good prequel material, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Well, Even pre Snidely. Exactly, and how she sort of started, how she how she realized how special the elves were, and and made them her friends. <laughs> yeah, they might have taught her English, honestly. That's that's, her... that's what I'm. Th- that's that's ah. that was the that was the that's why the, the English is still so broken, even though she's incredibly intelligent <laughs> she and she's had seven she years speaks, to learn it. She speaks Domus Elf English, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she has their insults. She has, and they, yeah, they have a very simplified way of talking. They might have probably some sort of language of their own. We, yeah, it's never shown that. But, idea. Yeah. But, but yeah, she, I, you know, they're also friendly as long as you don't try and force an idea on them like Hermione mm-hmm. does. But they're all extremely friendly, except for, like, Creature. But the ones at Hogwarts are great. And so they would have happily invited wow. her in and fed her and, and taught her words and spells. <laughs> well, that's an intriguing note. I guess we can end it on that. All right. Thank you. Until next time. Goodbye.